Welcome back to Love, Joy, and Languages, a podcast about loving languages and finding joy in learning them. My name is Heidi, and today I'm going to continue taking you on a journey through my personal language learning story. If you haven't listened to episode one, where I share my background as a language learner, I encourage you to go and have a listen. Today, I'm starting back at the beginning of that journey, but through the perspective of a parent of two young kids immersed in the community languages where we've lived. As I mentioned in the previous episode, I'm not only a parent trying to raise multilingual children, but also one who didn't start learning languages myself until we moved to Italy as a family, so our journeys start simultaneously. Now, whether you're a parent, educator, caregiver, or just someone who really wants to share languages with others, I think there may be something in this episode for you. So let's get started. As if I haven't mentioned it enough, my family and I moved to Italy almost five years ago. My daughter was four and a half years old, and my son was one. So this episode will mostly focus on my daughter's story, because hers has the greatest depth, and it's where I've made most of my mistakes as a parent. From the beginning, it was a really easy decision for us to put our daughter in the Italian preschool, or as they call it, the Scuola Materna. She was really excited, and she told everyone that she was going to go to an Italian school. When we arrived in Italy, she started learning some words and phrases with me. She played with some flashcard apps that taught colors and numbers and things like that. She went around telling everyone that she could say butterfly, which was farfalla, and that she could count to ten in Italian. I was really motivated by her excitement, but I hadn't considered that she wouldn't really understand what it meant to go to an Italian school where no one spoke or understood her language and vice versa. It's so obvious now that she didn't grasp what a major change this would be. And I probably minimized it too, believing that kids just play together and they don't worry about language and it's all just going to come naturally. But when she got into the preschool, she had seven-hour days completely in Italian, and it wasn't all play. There was some structured activity, plus lunchtime, and very quickly it became overwhelming for her. I hadn't previously thought about my daughter's personality in that she's shy, she's family-oriented, she's very reserved, perceptive, and she's a deeply feeling child. And these traits all played a very big role in how she entered the school every day and how she interpreted other people's gestures and tones of voices when she didn't understand the words that they were saying. For the first several months, she cried almost every single day when I dropped her off, screaming and fighting me. And I couldn't communicate with the teacher except through facial expressions and gestures or sometimes Google Translate when I was in the right frame of mind to use it. And it hurt me as a parent and I really felt like I was already failing her. But I knew from previous preschool experiences in the States that eventually the screaming and fighting would calm down. I have to say that the students and staff at this school were absolutely amazing. Every day that she was screaming and crying, girls would come out of the classroom to hug her and hold her hand, try to get her inside. The teacher would hold her tightly in a comfortable embrace while I left the school. I think sometimes there was a staff member who would walk around the school gardens until she calmed down. And I hoped that after a few weeks, she would start taking to the language. But her angst over going to the school every day made it really difficult to see any progress. Even if she came home reporting that she'd had a fun time playing at school, those mornings set a really negative tone every day. I wanted to get creative in supporting her. But this is where my knowledge of what I could or should be doing as a parent and my actual parenting don't match up at all. I started trying to challenge her in a fun way. Just learn one word a day. I would say things like, let's each learn one word today. Listen really good. Come home with the word that you heard, even if you don't know what it means. I'll do the same. We'll teach each other. We'll learn together. And she really enjoyed this idea for a few days. But after the first day went by without her coming home with a new word, and the second day went by with no new words, 
she again started feeling frustrated. I didn't recognize that frustration though. And instead of regrouping and trying a new tactic, I just pushed harder. I would say things like, you've got to start learning the language. You can learn one word. It isn't asking too much. And not surprisingly, in hindsight, she started to shut me out of her language life. I remember distinctly one day she wanted to play My Little Ponies, and I started with My Pony saying ciao to hers. And her response was a very stern no mom in English. And I took that really, really hard. I didn't understand why she didn't want me to practice the language with her. I thought it was something we could do together, but I had already started to put my personal pressure to learn the language onto her. Even worse, I was allowing in a nagging feeling that I was somehow failing her by not being able to bring more Italian language into our home. My husband's job was completely in English. All his coworkers spoke English, and outside of work, he didn't really have time or desire to learn the language. So from a parenting perspective, that part was on me because I wanted to learn the language. But knowing that she was missing out on the Italian language at home made me feel as if it was my sole responsibility to somehow teach her. After the winter holiday break that first year, my daughter finally wanted to go back to school and she was really excited to go back. Most mornings, she still complained at home about having to go to school, but the struggle to get her in the classroom door wasn't near as strong. I was so happy that the crying had stopped and that she was going into the classroom willingly that I kind of stopped thinking about what I could do to support her. I thought, now that she's here without the negative emotions in the morning, the language is just going to come to her. The rest of that school year passed without any major concerns. She had a group of friends. I was making friends. She started chatting with people out in public all the time, and her language acquisition seemed to be going very smoothly from my perspective. Throughout the summer, after that first year, we played with friends, we went to the park, had many exchanges, and for the most part, I didn't feel any more pressure as the one to teach her the language. The next school year, she entered the primary school, where the classroom goes from mostly play and activity-based learning to more lecture-style learning. Looking back, I hadn't considered my expectations and assumptions that first year. I can clearly see my first mistake as a supporting person in her experience moving into the primary school. I didn't ask and didn't really know that I needed to ask what primary school was even like in Italy. I had this unconscious assumption that it would be exactly like my experience 30 years prior in the United States. I didn't take the major change from preschool to primary school as seriously as I could have. To give a broad overview of that first year, my daughter started in full-time school, which was eight hours a day, with no homework. Maybe sometimes they had one worksheet on the weekends or something. But she came home completely exhausted, not wanting to do anything in Italian. She had no interest in extracurricular activities like swim lessons or dance as she had done in the past. To take a step back now, I can completely understand her exhaustion at that time. I remember going to my first hair appointment with an Italian stylist, and it was about 45 minutes of talk, and when I left there, my head was hurting. I didn't want to do anything else the rest of the afternoon. My daughter spent eight hours a day in school where everything was in Italian. Even her English class was only some words in English, not huge conversations. No wonder she was exhausted. But of course, I didn't put myself in her shoes at the time. We pushed on for a couple of months. I talked to some other moms that were friends of mine, and eventually we switched her to part-time, which I honestly hadn't even known was available. Part-time was about five to five and a half hours a day. Her best friend was in her class, so that gave her more energy and motivation to go every day without complaining. But not expected was the amount of homework that came with being in part-time school. 
As I mentioned in the previous episode of my language story, I'm a finisher. I'm a completer. And I approached her homework from a finishing perspective. So my view of her homework wasn't to use it as a tool for learning vocabulary and grammar. I really just assumed these things would magically come by completing the homework. So instead, the unspoken goal that I had for her was just to finish every homework assignment. And it was a lot. It took me weeks to realize how much more work we did than most of her classmates because I had to translate instructions and reading material to make sure I could guide her into understanding what was going on and what was expected in the assignment. Even fun assignments like crossword puzzles came with a lot of stress and frustration for both of us. I did have friends I could rely on for help understanding some things, but I hated burdening other people by asking for help, and I just kept trying to do it by myself as much as possible. I'm not a teacher. I'm not a childhood development professional. I'm not a linguist or polyglot. And I was learning the language in a way that was suitable for someone who already understands basic grammar of their native language, like subject, object, verb. I couldn't separate myself from this mentality in order to explain things to her in a way that would make sense from her point of view as a seven-year-old. But I never thought about talking to the teacher about the amount of homework and the number of hours it took us to complete everything. I never thought about hiring a tutor. I just kept charging forward, leaving my poor daughter mentally and emotionally ragged from the pressure of my impossible expectations to completely finish every piece of homework. Add to that parent-teacher conferences where I was told her language just isn't where it should be, and again, that I needed to speak Italian at home, even though my spoken Italian was still at a very beginner level. I know her teachers were trying, but they had never been in a situation like this. They didn't know what to expect of her language acquisition or how to help her, and I didn't know the right questions to ask. So the pressure to do more at home came back and continued to build. Compound this with my own struggles to figure out how the heck to learn a language myself at 30-something years old. And again, I felt like I was failing, but this time I was failing my daughter. Instead of getting help, because I didn't know where to go, so I just went nowhere, I kept pressuring my daughter to get the homework done. For some reason, the key seemed to be in doing the homework. Looking back, this probably stems from my own personal love of school and academics. As a child, I loved school. I never missed a day from kindergarten to high school graduation. I had no problems doing my own homework, reading on my own, and I expected the same of my daughter without considering her personality or her tendencies or the fact that she was doing this in her non-native language. When I look back now, I can see the bigger picture, that she had no problems communicating with her friends. My Italian friends told me they could completely understand her, even though she made grammar mistakes. She understood most of what I read to her in Italian, even if I didn't, and she often corrected my pronunciation. These are all signs that she was making really good progress, but I don't ever remember looking at it from that perspective while we were in that time frame. Throughout that first year of primary school and on into the summer after, where the teachers gave lots of homework that I assumed had to be completed in full, my stress over my daughter's academic classroom performance completely took over. I started to use going to the school where she was with her friends as a bargaining tool. I intended it to motivate her, but instead it led to tears for both of us and so much guilt for myself. I tried giving her some control over when she completed her work but I had never really taught her how to be responsible about it, which then led to after-dinner hours of homework and fighting about it. 
I did give her praise when she got into a groove and completed her assignments early in the day and completely and correctly, but I didn't know how to help her work through her mistakes. She didn't want to learn from me, so even though I understood things like gendered nouns and articles, she viewed my help as criticism, or even worse, disappointment in herself. And I don't blame her. I had set the tone for homework and performance with my unstated but unrealistic expectations, setting her up for a very negative relationship with learning the language in an academic setting. Now, her second year of primary school started better. The teacher never checked all of that summer homework we fought over, even though she requested that everyone bring it to school. And this is probably a good time to mention that in Italy, at least where we were living, students keep the same class and teacher for all five years of primary school. So whether it was working or not, this is the teacher she had. So that kind of added another layer to this struggle was that the teacher already had preconceived notions, biases, and expectations that continued to influence her perspective of my daughter's performance and what I was or wasn't doing as a parent at home. But like I said, the second year started better. I kept thinking that if we can just stay on top of the homework and not get behind, everything would be okay. I still hadn't figured out a routine, though, I hadn't talked to the teacher about the amount of homework and the time it took us to complete it, and quickly we fell back into our usual habits. I was able to add a little more Italian at home. The kids enjoyed Italian songs on YouTube. My daughter stopped getting mad if I threw in some language while we played, and I could read short books to them in Italian at night. But my support of her in school pretty much remained the same. I stayed mainly focused on completing the homework. Another new area for us this year was tests and other assessments like dictations. The feedback my daughter always got on these dictations was insufficient. Even though more than 50% of what she wrote was correct, it was really hard to get her to focus on those things to help formulate a foundation of positivity around them. Instead, all she saw was the mistakes. I started responding to these by having her rewrite the whole thing but with corrections made, hoping that the repetition of the correct spellings and everything would be useful for her. But as I already said, we were already spending hours on homework, and that just ended up being way too much additional work. Next, I tried helping her focus on small improvements she could make that were easy, that would automatically help her go from insufficient to sufficient. These are things like capitalization at the beginning of sentences, adding punctuation, and memorizing common words, especially those with double letters, which is the thing that she struggled with. If she could just grasp onto some of these smaller things, that would be immediate improvement that could help boost her confidence when dictations came around. I tried being encouraging, and I was really excited about how simple these changes could be for her. I tried getting her motivated by it, by all the positive words that I could think to say. But time and time again, dictation results would be mostly the same. When talking to her about it, I could tell that she had a lot of anxiety as soon as she learned there was going to be a dictation. She said the teacher spoke very fast, wouldn't slow down for her, and I hadn't considered the stress that my little girl was feeling in the classroom, having to write fast and still not completely understand what the teacher said, and then be told that she had too many mistakes. And my history with this pressure to perform that I had already put on her kind of blocked me from being able to help her. But it was the first glimpse I took into my daughter's life as a student in this class from her perspective. Nearly halfway through that second year, I took a native-speaking friend to a parent-teacher conference with me to translate. In that meeting, I received so much more than expected. As a mother of primary school-aged children herself, my friend knew all the right questions to ask. She asked things that I had never considered before, and I really felt like I had someone in my corner, an advocate for my daughter, 
That's something that I hadn't provided for her in the past. I felt so hopeful leaving that meeting. I had left with many suggestions for real, sustainable changes that we could make both in the classroom and at home. And then a week later, COVID hit Italy, and we were on lockdown. The first couple of weeks for lockdown, the teachers gave homework and assignments to complete at home on your own. At first, I saw this as an opportunity to slow down and work to catch up. But there were so many assignments that I had to make a chart of what to complete on each day. And I came to realize that completing all of this work simply wasn't feasible with the amount of help that she needed from me. I had a three-year-old at home also. My husband was teleworking most days, which changes the whole home dynamic. I was still doing my own graduate school work, and I was in early sobriety. I had just given up alcohol one month before COVID hit. This situation finally forced me to accept the fact that I had to make changes. My own self-realizations during this time, plus the limits on what I thought can and should be done to mentally and emotionally support kids during lockdown, led me to understand that I had to change the way I viewed my daughter's entire language learning journey and education. As the weeks went on, and it became very obvious that schools weren't going to reopen, as we'd hoped in the beginning of lockdown, my daughter's teachers finally started doing online classes. But their online classes were two hours at a time, three days a week, And I decided to start letting assignments go and focus only on what needed to be turned in. And this allowed us to focus on the quality of her work instead of the quantity. Of course, during lockdown, I was concerned about the loss of hearing and speaking time that she was getting not being physically in the school. So I discovered italki for the first time, found her an amazing teacher that was really good with kids, and my daughter had a lot of fun with it. But it quickly turned into something that she felt like she had to do, and she wasn't very excited about it. And of course, looking back, with six hours of online classroom already, having something else to do online was just too much at the time. Another change that we made during this time to keep more Italian in our home was to go back to the summer reading list the teacher had given the students and found books that we wanted to read together. So I started reading some Roald Dahl books to the kids at night. It was a good level for me to understand a lot. The books were fun and entertaining. It really became a bonding thing. During these reading sessions, my daughter often helped me understand things that weren't clear or words that I didn't know, and she really corrected my pronunciation a lot, and this helping her mom built her confidence tremendously. And it showed me that this being open to change and new ideas and stopping things that weren't working for us and downsizing the number of things that we were doing really helped me to see very clearly my daughter's perspective as a student and how much the stress and pressure that the teacher and I had both been putting on her was hindering her language acquisition more than it was helping her. After lockdown and the summer after, my daughter went into her third year at the primary school in Italy, and we knew this would be her last year at the school because we knew we would be moving the following summer. We just didn't know where. That knowledge plus the slowed down time that we had in lockdown, completely changed my perspective of her education. In her third year, we finally got a tutor. She was a native Italian, a mother of a bilingual son. She had expat experiences in other countries. She was someone who actually understood the school system and the expectations teachers have on students. She helped with homework in the native speaker environment. And again, she advocated for my daughter to the teachers. And that was the biggest help I think we could have had at that time. Having a tutor, and particularly this amazing woman who did more than just help with homework, took the stress of the responsibility for my daughter's language acquisition off of me and gave me someone to talk to about the struggles we'd had, someone who could help with ideas and encouragement too. School and homework were still a struggle for us in this third year as we navigated the world of the teacher's unrealistic expectations on top of the COVID situation. 
But I had finally become very clear on my goal for my daughter. And it wasn't to get perfect grades, and it wasn't to finish every homework assignment. The reason my husband and I decided to put her in the Italian schools in the first place was so that she could learn the language and get an education at the same time. And I realized that this was happening. Regardless of whatever grades she made in her Italian grammar class, she was learning the language, and she could communicate with every native speaker around her with no problems. I kept my eyes focused on what mattered for my daughter that year, all the small language wins and progress she was making, emotionally supporting her in the way that she needed, and I switched my perspective from quantity of homework to quality, making sure that she was understanding things more than she was finishing things. That school year was a huge difference for us, and of course looking back I have so much guilt for not doing this earlier. But making so many mistakes and spending so much time doing things wrong then taking the opportunity to change them and seeing the most amazing positive differences that that made helped my daughter and me both in ways that I didn't know at the time would be so important in the future. The end of that school year was incredibly emotional for all of us because we knew we were moving, and by now we knew we were moving to Germany. My husband and I wanted our daughter to go to German school when we moved, but we did have access to an American English-speaking school as well. So we talked about the pros and cons with her, And being eight years old at the time, having the experience she had in Italy, we wanted to make sure we gave her a voice in the matter. And she chose to go to the German school. She really wanted to give it a try. And I can't tell you how proud I am of her, because this time, she knew more of what she was getting herself into. She knew what it was like to be in a place where no one understood you, and you didn't understand them. And she still wanted to do it. The first priority when she began the school year this year was being very clear on my goals and expectations, as well as hers and the teachers, while keeping in mind her strengths and her struggles, what she likes and doesn't like, knowing how far I can push to motivate her before she starts to shut down or shut me out. The first meeting with her teacher this year, I could tell that it was going to be a completely different learning environment than my daughter had had in the past. This teacher is very focused on learning, not necessarily performing. The theory on homework seems to be more that homework assignments support what's done in the classroom, not makes up for what's not done in the classroom. This teacher keeps frequent dialogue with me directly regarding homework, support, expectations, progress. She specifically told me at the beginning of the year to let her know if the homework was becoming too much or if we were spending too much time on it. She genuinely cares about my daughter's education and language acquisition simultaneously. At home, I try making German homework assignments more about discovery first. With everything, whether it's a reading assignment or just understanding the instructions on what to do, I have her read it and identify words that she already knows. Then she looks for words that sound like English words. Then we go through and try to guess words from context that we've already discovered. Then we translate it if we still need to. And having my daughter do this without me translating everything first and then telling her what needs to be done helps her take personal responsibility of her own journey, and that motivates her more than anything else I've ever tried pressuring her to do. Moving to Germany and starting a language journey from scratch all over again has given me another opportunity to do this thing better. And I've been able to take the lessons that I've learned in my personal journey and apply those to how I support my daughter. Most importantly, this includes continuing to try new things and not forcing something that just isn't working. And I took that lesson forward with us from the beginning of our time in Germany. When we first arrived, my daughter tried online group tutoring. But I learned very quickly that that wasn't right for my daughter. It wasn't the right learning environment. And this particular class, they didn't go fast enough. She got really bored reviewing the same very basic things over and over. 
And she told me very directly, she doesn't like online tutoring. So if I try forcing her into that, no matter how important I think it is, it's just not going to work. The kids started watching Netflix in German when we first moved here, and while my son continues to watch it every day with no complaining, my daughter got really bored until we switched from cartoons to kids' shows about science. She finds the science interesting because so much of it is new vocabulary for her anyway, it doesn't bother her that it's in German. So now she's learning the vocabulary and the science at the same time. I tried introducing her to Duolingo, and she really liked that for a couple of days, but I think it was just a little bit too old for her. We've done things like adding sticky notes to objects around the house, creating funny sentences with vocabulary that we learn. She's gone to a sewing course in German. We went to the movie theater together. And anything that she's decided she really likes, we hone in on that and we keep doing more of it. From the beginning, I started to read some to the kids, but my pronunciation is of course really bad in the beginning, so I found videos online with native speakers reading. And when I realized that our daily habits are starting to be such that we don't do so much German at home for fun, I try introducing something new and see if the kids enjoy it. Right now, our thing is Muzzy BBC that has funny videos in German that repeats vocabulary in a really creative way. And online, the kids can play games with the vocabulary, listen to the songs from the videos over and over, record themselves speaking. And both of my kids ask for Muzzy every single day. If they eventually just get bored and tired with it, that's okay. We don't have to finish it. We can just put that thing on pause and try something else until they want to come back to it. Approaching my children's language learning experiences in this way has already been such a much more pleasant experience. My daughter started trying to read and speak in school from day one. She made friends quickly. She has an open dialogue with me about the language. We celebrate her progress together. And she believes me when I tell her that she's doing amazing. And of course, there's fewer homework assignments, so there's no fighting over it, and we both learn together. I'm so thankful that I've regained her trust when it comes to language learning, and I'm beyond grateful to be given an opportunity to do it all over again from the beginning. Finding a balance between my children's language acquisition and their learning is really difficult, but staying focused on the progression of education along with the progression of the language has been really important. At home, I try to find a really good balance between my daughter's language acquisition and her learning. For example, she really enjoys math, and because I'm a mathematician by trade, we can really bond over her math experience in German. Because she understands the things that they're learning on a mathematical level, we can use the homework to not only focus on reinforcing what she's learned in the classroom, but also learn the new vocabulary together. And this provides a really good foundation for me to be able to assess her progression in the education and in the language, and also let her know that she's not on this journey alone. So I told you in the beginning that this was mostly going to be about my daughter's journey, but it's an interesting thing to compare it to my son's. His experience in Germany so far is similar to what my daughter's was in Italy, in that when we moved to Italy, she was four and a half years old, and when we moved here, my son was just barely five. So they both began their first year in the new country in the final year of preschool, Scuola Materna for my daughter, kindergarten for my son. And any parent will tell you that raising two children is difficult because when you think you figured it out for one, your other child is completely different and your old tactics don't work, right? So the major difference between my son and my daughter and in her experience in Italy and his experience in Germany is that my son understood what it meant to go to a German-speaking school before we even arrived here. He had lived almost his entire life in a community where a language other than his native language is spoken. He spent about a year and a half at the Scuola Materna in Italy, and he was completely comfortable playing with other kids who don't speak or understand his language. 
His experience here, too, includes teachers who speak English, so they speak German to him, but they understand him when he responds in his native language. He knows that he has that communication safety net, which is something my daughter didn't have. My son's been going to kindergarten here for about four months now, and he's really slow to start speaking the language, at least from my perspective at home. But I have no expectation that we're going to be speaking German together at home anytime soon, and I have no expectation that he's going to start speaking to me in German. If I ask him a question in German like, what are you doing or what did you eat today, he provides me with the appropriate response in English, and that's a huge win. That's not something to worry or be disappointed about. So being able to see his progress along the way is helping to keep me grounded so I don't start running away with crazy expectations again. Now, as a parent, I'm still learning how to put aside my personal academic expectations and not view my children as an extension of me in this way. I have to compartmentalize our three journeys separately, respecting each of our distinct personalities and personal tendencies, making sure that each of us discover our own best way to learn while minimizing the excess stress that can creep up, and again, making sure I am very clear on the language goals for each of my children, that they learn the community language while obtaining a childhood education. And that doesn't mean making high grades. It doesn't mean doing all the homework. It just means showing progression, both academically and with the language. And that also includes non-academic things like learning personal responsibility, personal goal setting, learning from mistakes, acknowledging and celebrating successes. And as a parent, I have to model these myself for them so that they can see it and internalize it and be the best little language learners they can be, despite whatever expectations others have of them. Now, today I wanted to talk about my daughter's experience learning to read and write in English, our native language, but I'm out of time. I've already spent more time talking about this than I thought I would, so I'm going to cover that in another episode. I really appreciate you all joining me here today. It's a very vulnerable place to be, talking about parenting and all my mistakes, especially when I know those mistakes have taken a huge toll on my own children's mental and emotional well-being at some point in their lives. But I think that's also why it's important to talk about these things. In the telling, we can liberate ourselves as parents from the guilt in order to move forward in a healthy way. In the telling, we normalize the things that we struggle with instead of normalizing this picture-perfect world, and that provides so much space for our community to heal together so that we can all do what's best for our children, our relationships, and our progression forward as language learners. I really hope you got something out of our story today. Please feel free to reach out to me on Instagram and tell me what you thought. My Instagram name is love.joyandlanguages. You're welcome to send me a DM. I would love to hear any of your personal struggles or stories, and anything you tell me will remain anonymous. Next week, I'm going to take one more pass through my language story, but this time from the perspective of the perfectionist, which you may have already recognized as a theme in the background of what I've told you so far. That side of me, the perfectionist side, is the one that has really fueled my many mistakes as a language learner and parent, but most of all, I want to share the cognitive behavioral things that I've discovered that have helped me wrangle that perfectionist voice and tendencies in order to make way for healthy, sustainable improvements in my language journey and in how I support those of my children. Thank you again so much for listening, and until next time, ciao!